Vegas Fever Podcast. Jason here with you. Paula's here as well. Hi. Yeah, and I didn't scare her, uh, apparently, this time. Usually when I start the podcast, um, I kind of scare her um, with, with my first few words because she's not prepared for it. Um, anyway, today we're going to talk um, about UNLV. We're going to talk about the men's and women's team and also the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights and some interesting uh, MLS uh, Major League Soccer news uh, potentially could be involved uh, with Vegas uh, in the next uh, in the next few weeks I'm sure a few weeks and months as Vegas was um, looking to um, get involved with the MLS expansion and they did not get involved last round but it seems like a team in Sacramento um, will not be playing that was supposed to be playing so we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about a little bit about that later um First, though, uh, UNLV in its two games this week um, on Wednesday, I think the first game was. Was it Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, right? Um, Fresno State defeated UNLV 67-64. Um, just, a, just kind of a, just a frustrating, frustrating game all the way around for UNLV, who shot 20% from three. Um, they shot pretty well from the field at 44%. Um, the problem was for UNLV, and I, and, I, and I detailed this in my preview for the Mountain West Wire, is they have three guys that you really needed to um, zero in on, and it was Orlando Robinson, Isaiah Hill, and Deion Stroud, and those guys um, scored uh, the the bulk of Fresno State's points. Um Orlando Robinson had 12, and Isaiah Hill went with 19, and Deion Stroud had 18. So um, for UNLV, they didn't get, they didn't do a good job of handling, you know, Fresno State starters. Um, Anthony Holland was the other starter for uh, Fresno State that scored in double figures with 12. So four out of their five starters score uh, double figures, and it's just. It's it's impossible for UNLV um, to overcome, even though they had every chance to uh, to win that game. Um, the, the offensive performance was bad. Uh, defense was worse. It's just more of the same that we've seen all most of the season, especially in conference play. You have a lead late in the second half, and you blow it. Um, Bryce Hamilton had twenty seven points, and and Bakke Jong had sixteen points. Uh, and eight rebounds. Uh, Caleb Grill had a chance to advance the ball to uh, David Jenkins uh, late in in UNLV's last possession of the game, and he threw the ball away. Um, yeah. He actually gets revenge in the next game, the game that was the other night. There's always high expectations for him, and he never consistently performs. Are we talking about Caleb Grill? Yeah. He was lights out early in the year from three. And he's, for the most part, in this last game against Fresno State, their second game that I'm going to talk about, he came back a little bit, but he has been really non-existent. Right. I mean, in the beginning, it was like, oh, the grill's hot, which is really... The grill was hot. And I I love that phrase. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just... uh... No, I I like that. I want you to to give me me some stuff to go back and forth with, with you like we do with the Knights. Right. I yeah, I enjoy that. He was uh, stinky. So. Um. So anyway, 
last possession, he throws the ball away. He was looking at David Jenkins. He threw the ball toward Jenkins, but it was way off. So he made the right decision, but he threw it too high. And Fresno State ends up winning the game. Um, and, and, and it was... It was hard for UNLV, in my opinion, if you know, looking at it from from a, from a fan standpoint, hard to take that type of loss because Fresno State at the time is right under chasing you, and you're trying to get into the top five to get a buy in the first round of the Mountain West tournament, and you throw a pass like that and and let a lead, you know, disappear. Um, second game, they actually came back. It was reversed. They came back to beat Fresno State. Um, right. 68, 67, Caleb Grill had 18 points. He led the team. So it, it's funny. I did a midweek rant I about know, how, how, about how Caleb Grill has been nowhere. It, it was, it was a whole team rant, but him, I, I was disappointed in him because he was so good and now he's been nowhere. So I'm not saying he listened. Uh, I'm okay, saying, no. I'm saying that something happened and it woke him up. Uh, the Rebels were down by 16 at one point in the first half, um, and they came back to take the game. Uh, they're even in conference play at 8-8, eight and eight, and they do have a chance to earn um, – I, I do I do say mm, and um a lot as I'm being alerted by our producer <laughs> – they have a chance to earn the five seed and they would be able to win three games in three days. And they've won eight out of 10 at the Thompson Mac this year. I just don't see it happening. I don't care what happens against San Diego state on Wednesday. I don't care what happens against Wyoming. I think, I think the season's over. There's nothing you can do at this point. So it would have been done by if now. They, if they don't win the Mountain West tournament, then they don't get to the other tournament. They, they won't get to any tournament. Right. Not even, even the, the smelly right, one right. that you so, call the NIT. Yeah. Yeah. Would it, what are the odds you think of them winning the Mountain West tournament? A couple hundred to one. I, I, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Really? Like, you have San Diego State, who they're going to play, who they beat last year in San Diego. Okay. Can it happen? Sure. Mm -hmm. This San Diego State team is really good. Really good. But maybe UNLV is like that one team. You know, every team has that one team that always beats them, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. Um, this this is true. You, it's like the best team in the league, and this little crap team always beats them for no reason. I don't think it's one team or another for UNLV. I, I think that if they're the five seed and they play three games in three days, here's your schedule. Your first game could potentially be against Nevada, who, who beat you twice yeah. and beat you well. Then if they win, they would play San Diego State again. Then either Colorado State or Utah State or Boise State. I, I'm not liking it. Right. Actually, their first game, my mistake. Your first game would not be if you were the five seed. You would jump Nevada, so your first game would be against Boise or Colorado State. Both teams swept you. Then you would play Utah State 
or San Diego State or, or vice versa. So basically, you would have to beat three out of the top four teams to earn an NCAA bid. Teams, the, the only team you've beaten is Utah State once. And they came back and handled you two right. nights later. I'm not confident. I don't care if the game was at TJ Altsaberger's house. I, I don't care if these games were in his backyard. They're not. They're at the Thomas and Mac. UNLV never wins the tournament anymore. They haven't won a Mountain West tournament since 2008. They haven't been in the NCAA tournament since 2013. I think that was the last time they were even in the final of the Mountain West tournament. Wow. I, I'm not. I'm not super confident, and I, I think that the season's over. And I think you're going to have a ton of question marks with players. And even the coach, well, if they come back or not. My next point was, what does this mean for the coach? I think T.J. Altsberger right now, right this very minute, has every intention of coming back to UNLV. There is going to be a coach at Iowa State I know. that is going to get fired. They're going they to call that? him. They don't know that. They're predict. It's prediction. They're like two and sixteen. And their coach is in like their fifth or sixth year. You do not go two and 16 in your fifth or sixth year and survive. Because by year five, if you're not in the NCAA tournament or talking about it, you're a problem. And this was an NCAA tournament team not that long ago. They're going to fire their coach. TJ Altsberger is going to get a call. Now, at that point, that's your dream job. You've been an assistant there twice. But again, like I said, I don't know if I said it last podcast, is he even qualified? He is, in my opinion. He's qualified because he can get kids. He's done it not just at UNLV. He's done. He, if you can get kids at South Dakota State, what can you do in, 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 in Ames, Iowa? You could do a lot. What is there in Iowa? Midwest has a ton of kids who play good basketball. Oh. There's a recruiting pipeline in that area. He will get kids there. Don't you think it's a little easier to get kids to Las Vegas? It is. But what's been the problem for years and years and years? Well, they all stink, whoever they get. Right. Multiple coaches. I mean, what's, <laughs> what's going on coach. here? Why don't kids want to come to the glitz and glamorous Las Vegas life? Why don't they want to? Is it the coach? Is it the, is it maybe the, maybe Las Vegas is too much of a distraction for a college kid that just kind of wants to play ball. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe middle of the road, Kansas or or Iowa or Nebraska is better for kids because they can focus on basketball. Yeah. Maybe. So his buyout is big. It's over $3 million. Yeah, they're not going to want to do that. I don't. I wouldn't think, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going through these people's minds. I'm sure there's 15, 20 coaches that are better right now than TJ Altsberger to go to Iowa State. And then wouldn't cost them salary plus Correct. $3 million. Buyout plus salary. You're, you're exactly right. I, I think that this, this season's done, and I don't think you're going to get Bryce Hamilton back. I don't think you're going to get David Jenkins back. Why? And Because Bryce Hamilton is a professional ball player. He can go play... In the, if he's a in, professional, then why does he? Why is he not that great? He is great. He, he play, scores twenty what, something points every every game for UNLV. He's terrific. He is. Now teams have figured him out. 
And, and I talk about this in my preview for the Mountain West Wire for San Diego State against mm-hmm. UNLV on Wednesday. They've figured him out a little bit. He's left-handed. They make him go right. And they throw him off his game. They put make him put the ball on in his right hand because you can't dribble right with your left hand. He can use his right hand, but not well. So film on this kid, coaching staffs around the conference are just like make him go right. And that's what's happened. But he's really good. He can play overseas. He can play in the NBA. He can play in the G League, which is like the NBA, like AAA league, basically one step under NBA. He can play professional ball somewhere. And he can also graduate and transfer and go to a program that will go to the NCAA tournament. Yes, but he can graduate. You can graduate in three and a half years. David Jenkins has transferred already, but David Jenkins can take advantage of a... All these kids can take advantage of a graduate and transfer now because of what's going on with COVID. Seniors are getting an extra year and kids are able to transfer and graduate right away. So I don't think that you're going to get those two guys back. And, you know, Mbake Zhang is a senior. He doesn't have to come back. He can because of the extra year. But Why would you if you're graduating? Correct. Because you think your team has a chance to go places. That's why. Otherwise, you're gone. You're gone. UNLV cannot afford another 7-8 turnover player year. They can't. It might be that way. In his third, uh, next year will be his last year, TJ Altsberger, if that happens. This is a time, and I know that, you know, COVID has played a big part in this, but this is when you're supposed to be, this is the prime building portion of your tenure. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done that. He had a really good year last year to build off of, and then it it, it went backwards. Now, if he wins two games, if if they somehow miraculously beat San Diego State, I think they're going to get run off the floor. If they beat San Diego State and Wyoming, he'll have 10 conference wins two years in a row, which is a big deal. He'll be in the top five in the Mountain West two years in a row, something that Dave Rice couldn't handle and Marvin Menzies didn't sniff. Well, Does UNLV sweeten the pot, his contract, so that he doesn't leave in excess to what it already is because he's one of the top paid coaches in the Mountain West already plus this buyout. That's so confusing to me. Yeah. Him and Brian Dutcher at San Diego State I think are two highest paid coaches. I believe. San Diego State's like they've lost like five ball games the last like three or four years. It's incredible. You want to talk about a program that sucked up until about 10, 15 years ago. That's them. And they've been nothing but good. You know, it goes to show that you could turn it around at any time. You can. You can. UNLV has suffered for a while. And they've suffered because of a lot of their own mistakes. But, you know, that's a whole conversation for another time, and we've had it already. But in terms of this year, I really feel that this year is done. They're going to do their very, very best that they can. But I see them, I see them, I can see them losing their last two games, not winning, and end up being six or a seven seed and not even winning their first round game. That would be four games in four days, that first game. I don't right. even see them winning that. Well, I can see this going really bad, and people in Las Vegas are not going to be happy. And that's kind of just the way the program is. I mean, 
Well, we just gotta wait and see, because I'm sure it'll be exciting one way or the other. Something exciting, um, and we'll talk about a UNLV women's program that actually, uh, basketball program that actually wins is the Lady Rebels. Mm -hmm. They're, they ended the year 15 and 8. They won five in a row. Wow. Uh, number two seed in the Mountain West Tournament. Wow. Um, great job, ladies. They are playing with a new coach. I believe her name is Lindy LaRocque. Lindy LaRocque. And she was, I believe, a Stanford assistant. And UNLV hired her. And she's been really good. This is her first season? This is her first year. First or second. She has been really good. Um, and it's really good for, for the program, uh, women's basketball. I remember when I was a teenager, the UNLV women's team was decent. Um, but they haven't been really good. Um, Kathy Olivier, I believe, was their coach last. Um, she was let go. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. I think that was her name. Um, but they had a coach, uh, Regina Miller, a long time ago, and she was she was really good um, for the program. But you know, the Lady Rebels are going to have a you know a two seed. Like I said, they're going to be really good uh, in the tournament, have a good chance to make it to the NCAA's, and you know, so that's one program basketball wise for UNLV doing really well. Uh, Silver Knights uh, transfer over to hockey now. Eight and one on the season, and uh, five and zero oh at home at the Orleans Arena. They actually have the same record that the that the Golden Knights had mm -hmm. first year, so it's kind of first year magic for both clubs. The Knights have one of the better AHL system, you know, AHL teams in the league, and a lot of this team can play. In the NHL, and I think you'll see as the years wear on and older players start to move on, and Knights the Knights move players for salary cap purposes. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a lot of these guys come up and do really, really good things. Um, I had mentioned that there was an interesting story about Major League Soccer. <laughs> yeah, and they were supposed to start a franchise in Sacramento in 2023. And that franchise just, they went belly up. The ownership just went belly up before they even had a staff or a uniform or a, anything. That's sad. It made me wonder, you know, how much COVID had to play. I'm sure a decent amount. I mean, although everyone's blaming everything for COVID. Sure. But you know, businesses are suffering. So Vegas has the lights. They have the, you know, the soccer team down there, which is in negotiations for the L.A. Galaxy, the major league soccer team mm -hmm. in L.A., to partner. Essentially, the lights would be like their triple-A team. Mm -hmm. But this news is interesting because there was a couple of ownership groups in Las Vegas that mm -hmm. were looking to redesign that Cashman area and build a stadium on it and buy the team and take it to MLS and become 
this reignites Do that whole conversation. Do people go to the lights games? Yes. They have really interesting promotions. You remember the Wranglers, their promotions? Mm -hmm. These guys have really interesting promotions. They'll take a couple of lucky winners and put them in a bin with money that swirls around, and you have to grab it. And whatever you grab, just like the old Peter Piper pizza or Chuck E. Cheese, whatever you grab is yours. They have promotions like that every game. They'll fly, they fly crap down from a helicopter and onto you the think field. That's getting people in seats, not the They soccer? sell out. Oh, really? Yes. The last time they played, which was a year ago, over a year ago, their seasons are long. Their seasons go from like March to November. Wow. Yeah, it's really long. And they play teams from around the region. They would get Cashman, you can get about 9,000, I think, eight or 9,000 for soccer. And that's what they would get. Now, they played to their strengths, and they had good promotions, and they have dollar beer night, and they have, you know, whatever the deal is on food. People will go. The question gets reignited with this announcement. Now, there's going to be other cities that are going to be vying for this. Of course. Why not Las Vegas? Why not? Look at everything that's gone on in, in, in four years. Why where, not? Where would they play? They would have their own stadium? They would. What would happen is is there was no way. First off, um, a lot of MLS stadiums are shared with football stadiums. Mark Davis is not going to do that for the Raiders. So what's going to happen is they're going to have to... Build a stadium. They're going to have to tear down Cashman. They would take their design of a stadium to MLS headquarters, along with a team name and all that crap. Why would they put it where Cashman Field is? Because... The city, but the city owns the land. Mm. Carolyn Goodman, the mayor of Las Vegas, I know. has offered to gift it to gift the land to a team that, you know, by gift, quote unquote, I'm saying, we'll give it to you. You're going to owe us, but we'll give it to you because the city owns it. So, that, so they're going to be like in the mayor's office there. Hey, MLS. For, you know, Vegas. Bring me a proposal. We'll we'll get something to work. And then we'll take it to the higher-ups at Major League Soccer. That's what was happening a couple years ago. These ownership groups, you know, that were looking to bring MLS to Vegas, were talking to her. And they were trying to hammer out a deal. They kept extending the time period... What do you mean? To negotiate. Oh. They made it, it was like six months, a year, and then it was extended. And you didn't really hear much about it. Like, you haven't really heard much about it since COVID. Yeah, because... But this whole question makes it come up again. The city has that area. They want to revitalize it. It's a it's a dump down there. So what would happen to the lights? Would they still play? They could play somewhere else. Like where? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that means... I, I don't know. Play in a park. They have to keep. They have wow. to keep operations going. But does the city need two soccer teams? No, there wouldn't be two soccer teams. The you... lights would go to MLS. They would build them a stadium. Oh, so they would be the. They would be the. They would. The, they could change the name, of course, but the Las Vegas Lights, the way they are now, would eventually be an MLS team. They would improve oh. the logo and the name, maybe, or maybe they would keep it. The person who owns it, I think his name is Lashbrook is the last name. Brent Lashbrook, I believe. He would sell 
the mm-hmm. team, if they were going to go to MLS, he would sell them right. to the group that would that would make this happen. They want to revitalize the area, so what happens is is they they handle all their business, knock Cashman down, build on top of it, mm-hmm. push some of that homeless not very good looking stuff away and all of a sudden now downtown vegas is hip and hot again (laughs) that's their plan but it's been silent up until this point but i think that we're going to get more news about it um probably coming up and and i don't see why not i mean if there's one league that isn't in vegas yet that could be there soon i think it's them and the NBA. And baseball. I mean, everything could be there eventually. Right. And a city like, if you look at a city like L.A., Miami, Chicago, New York, that's that's what every, every sport is there. I know that. I'm just... You know, multiple times. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it could be, could be real positive for the city. I think we've hit on everything except... For the the juicy part of the program. (laughs) Uh, Golden Knights on Monday defeated Colorado Uh, 3-0. I think I I just copy and paste this statement every podcast. Fleury was outstanding. He was. Tuck had two goals for the Knights, but Mm -hmm. Fleury was amazing. Mm -hmm. And as we're going to find out in the following things I'm going to say... It was rinse and repeat with Flurry because the same thing happened last night. Um, well, it wasn't a shutout. No, but he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, before I get to that, uh, the game against the Sharks Thursday was postponed. Uh, Tomas Hurdle for San Jose was put into COVID protocol, I guess, the day before Wednesday. Um mm-hmm. The Knights were going to fly to San Jose, you know, and Pete DeBoer in his in his press conference was like, you know, you know, with the media, he was like, we're going. I don't know what's going on, but we're going. And then right after that. The NHL announced that we're shutting everything down in San Jose. The Sharks are playing now and everything's fine. I just don't. My problem with that is. Tomas Nosek. Got hurt or got didn't get hurt. He had a positive covid test. In the middle of a game, and they played it. But this guy for the Sharks gets a positive test. They quarantine him, but we still can't play the game. Nobody else is sick. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, and this is the second time this has happened against this team. First time was with Vegas. Second time is with San Jose. I dislike is this COVID ruling rules here. Team by team, it's supposed to be an just overall. I know they're going to take it by a case by case, team by right. team is basis. It, is it like a hockey rule, or does it, the organ the each team gets to make their own decision? I don't. I don't think each team has that power. I think it's. They're gonna t- the NHL is gonna decide because, case like by you said, case. It makes no sense because they pulled him out of the game. They did, but anything else is they canceled the game. I don't know. Maybe they. I thought mean, this more, was before the maybe, game. Maybe they thought more than one person was 
I think they're worried about false positive. How many people has it gone to? I mean, you're probably right, but at the same time, that's really tough. I mean, the Knights can't fly up there the next day and be expected, you know, expected to play a game that night. I mean, it really sucks. It, it really sucks. You know, and, and it's just the unknown. Yeah. You know, we never really know when or where this is going to happen, but it's not the last of it, unfortunately. We just have to be thankful for what we have mm-hmm. and what we're seeing, what and we're able patience. to see, and that there's going to be fans coming back yep. into the arena twenty six hundred. T-Mobile prepped. Yep. For it. Twenty six hundred people will be able to see the Knights against Minnesota starting tomorrow. Um, we do still have to talk about that amazing um, performance, Mark Andre Fleury and William Carlson had. Yes. Uh, he was on a bit of a dry spell, right? He was. And yep. he scored two goals, including the game winner in overtime yep. mm-hmm. for goal, for the Golden Knights. And it was good to see Alex Petrangelo get going a little bit, too. He had a goal and an assist. Poor uh, Alec. What is it? Martinez? Alec Martinez. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know if it was Alec or Alex. Uh, he took a puck to the chops. Twice. Yeah. Uh, twice he had to go walk it off. He's one of the better shot blockers in the league, and that's what happens. It, one of them ricocheted like, off his I was knee. Like, this guy again. Hit him in the chops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shea Theodore also had two assists for the Knights in that game, but Flurry made amazing save after save. He made two saves in overtime that saved that well, game for we... the team. They had a couple losses. This week? No. But have we talked about it on the last one? The week before, yeah. The two losses against Colorado, right. one at we the did. outdoor game. We did. Okay. We did. I feel like we didn't. No, we did. We talked about how, you know, Petrangelo was disappointing. That's right. And that's right. Okay. how, you know, Flurry's not getting a whole lot of help. All the days are just running together. I yeah. Don't, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, this team is... Was it 12, 4, and 1? I mean, we're already mm-hmm. 17 games in. I mean, we're already a quarter, if not more, the way through. Mm-hmm. Everything is just seeming like it's blending together, for sure. Flurry's amazing. He's putting up numbers that, I mean, he got his 100th victory with the Knights, mm-hmm. first off. He's putting up numbers, goals against-wise, a goal and a half against per game over the age of 35 hasn't been seen. There's only a handful of guys that have done it in 100 years. Was that I, that I mean, list that they showed yeah. on TV the other night? Yeah, that was like some guy from 1935. Right. I mean, just amazing. What else can you say? I mean, it's not inventing, it's not reinventing the wheel. He's just too good. To sit, and it begs the question, when Robin Leonard comes back, should Robin Leonard... I mean, the way that Pete DeBoer was doing it, there wasn't a starter, really. It was just trading off. Mm, should, okay. Well, in his mind, there was. But in everybody else's, they, everybody else could have their own opinion. He might have known it was Leonard. But can he go back to Robin Leonard? Oh, he certainly will try. I don't like that. I will be one of the many people saying that I was wrong about this whole thing, but I don't like him going back to Leonard until Flurry is tired. That's my opinion. Flurry is tired, but you'll never know it, so. Not the way that guy works. 
how hard he works when he's not in games is just amazing. I think so. I've been saying that getting him a good backup goalie was necessary, and I've said a million times that Subban sucked and wasn't the one, but I don't think... I don't think he needed not to be a starting goalie, basically. There was there was no reason he gave them. No, there wasn't. Except the fact that his age time was ticking. Right, right. Which you knew when you signed him. And they got an incredible opportunity. People the trade don't get deadline. younger, people, God willing, get older. Yes. They didn't expect to get Robin Leonard. And I they think that changed everything. They didn't have to offer him that deal. Well, the, so well, the backup if... goaltending was an, was an issue. Was an issue, and they knew it. And that's a really bad trade for, for Chicago. That was really bad. Like, Subban's been good lately in Chicago. Yeah, you tweeted at me. Because I wanted you to see how great Sub has been. But okay, well then... overall, they knew Malcolm Subban was not the answer. How does that phone call go? Yeah, hey, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. I'll give you, check this out, Malcolm Subban, for, but you'll give us Robin Leonard. And they said yes. And they said yes. Would you believe that? I, I don't know. And I know you didn't really know, you didn't know anything about Robin Leonard before, but Maybe. I had heard about how Robin Leonard could be like top 10 in the league Maybe and he's getting traded. It was, he, Subban was a golden knight. I don't like the way that Leonard plays this year. He's too deep in his net. He's not proactive. He's reactive. And that's horrible right, when, you, when you're when you a goaltender. I agree, but you know, Flurry makes me nervous with his skating out to mid-ice, you know, sometimes randomly. If he think he can poke check the puck away, he's going to skate to the face-off <laughs> circle. He'll skate to the blue line. And he'll do it. He's, He's done it. I yell at him every time. You also yell at him when he leaves his net, and that is his—that's that's his job. But they all do that. But it is very. Fr- he gets. He's one of the better passing goaltenders playing the puck mm-hmm. in the league. But he gets cute sometimes. He does, and it bites him in the ass. Sometimes. It has. It has. It's like uh, when you say "don't get cute with a fart," you know. And then what happens? <laughs> you shit yourself. You, you end up needing new underwear. Yeah, right. You exactly. You would know firsthand for sure. You would. That's not that, that. That's not that type of podcast. We're, we're not, I mean, we could spend hours on my underwear, but I think it's important that we spend it more on Mark Andre Fleury and his age, sitting in time, like just sitting there. It's it's something else, and I know it's going to get hot and heavy for the nights. You know, as the schedule wears on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to get Minnesota, and, you know, like I said, teams are going to come in, and we're going to be able to see fans. It's going to be really, really amazing. Um, they take on Minnesota tomorrow, tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, both games are 7 o'clock oh, Vegas times. Oh, no, no, never mind. I was thinking tomorrow. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah, tomorrow I know. Monday. I almost thought that for a second, too. Um, they do have a back-to-back. It's really interesting. We're going to get to talk about four games uh, next, next week. week. Um, because they play Minnesota Monday, Wednesday, and then back to back in San Jose against the Sharks. Hopefully, 
lot of tension from the last time those two teams played. They hate um, each other. They really do. I think that's just the bottom line. There's just Pete not a whole DeBoer lot of like. should just go back there. I think Pete DeBoer should maybe rip himself in half and he could throw half of himself in the Sharks bench and uh, he could stay half with the Knights because sometimes it kind of just seems like he's a little torn. Sometimes, I think. He thinks he's still like the San Jose coach. I, I don't know. What would give you that? I don't know. Up until like, you know, when they played Anaheim yesterday, you know, uh-huh. or last night. I didn't see a whole lot of motion from Pete DeBoer. Like. Oh, when they challenged the goal? He was pissed. He was pissed because it looked like it was touched by a high stick. Oh, but he sure didn't know how to say something about that Cody Eakin call. Well, he said when he got hired that it it was clearly not a major. Right, but, but he was running his mouth then. Well, of course he was. Him and Gerard Gallant were calling each other clowns and, and yeah. jackasses and everything else. But uh, a lot to go over. Uh, yeah, we'll have four games to next go. week for sure. Yeah, and uh, we'll see uh, who Evander Kane pisses off. I think that he doesn't actually play hockey. He's I don't just... know how he's allowed. Like I know he's gotten just so like he's gotten in trouble before. Is there does there come a point where you're just they throw you out? Yeah. No, you got to do something. Yeah, I mean you got to do something probably off the ice, like I mean probably... uh, you know battery wimp you know uh, assault uh, DUIs. I, I know, right? um, uh, chomping at the bit for that, and even uh, what was uh, Riley well, Smith? Riley's, I don't think Riley Smith is going to go again with Evander Kane. I just have, I just, I just think it's going to be. It's, it's going to be. Kane might push him. I think it's going to be Will Carrier and Ryan Reeves uh, smashing. Oh, and, and uh, Marsha Show always gets into trouble. He's he he makes up what he doesn't have in height. And with his Stone has a temper, even though he's the captain, it's got to be even keeled. But you know, he he has a temper, so Pacioretty has a temper too. Yeah, he loses his shit if someone farts. He's got that Italian temper. Okay, <laughs> he's got that Italian temper. You know, Petrangelo was a captain. You know, Pacioretty was a captain. Stone's a captain. Um, you know, they're not they're not a big. I know Vegas is a physical team. They're not like one of the most physical teams, but they will throw their weight around. I think sometimes they lose that in concentration. They're trying to just maybe score, and someone takes right. them off their game by being more physical more than them. Skill, true. Than being just a team that's going to beat you up to get the puck. They find ways to win. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. You're going to have bad spurts, but you have to find ways to win. This, in my mind, I will not waver from this, is a Stanley Cup team. It's a Stanley Cup final caliber team. In fact, we were just talking about we have a bottle of Golden Knights wine that we got from Red Rock Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And we keep it on our shelf and it's unopened, but... You said today that when they win the Stanley Cup, will no matter what year that is, it probably tastes like crap. Yes, it's cheap. Yes, casino wine, but it but... ages, and it's a couple years old. So, fine wine ages. <laughs> so, um, just like you, darling. You just call me old. No, as you age, you get sweeter and finer. 
Okay, and that more was beautiful. a nice recovery, but... No, no, no. There was no recovery. I didn't need to recover. Mm. I don't recover as well as Flurry. But when the Knights win the Stanley Cup, which they will... Mm-hmm. We get to open our Golden Knights We're going to open our Golden Knights wine. We'll keep the bottle. Yes. Um, But we will open the wine. And that'll be quite the celebration because I was... I was watching that Doc Emmerich thing that they had on NBC uh, last Sunday. And that final against the Capitals from, you know, three years ago really, really bothers me still. It bothers me. Because um, I felt like they should have won the Stanley Cup. And I know that they won game one and that was the last game they won of the series. The Capitals made adjustments. But I feel like... That was theirs. So we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get a Stanley Cup because, you know, they showed, you know, when Tuck couldn't put the puck in, in game two, and Braden Holpe made that amazing save. Yeah. Because they were showing all Doc Emmerich's amazing calls, and I can listen to that man talk hockey all day and night, and I, he's got that amazing voice. But I think that the Knights need to. They need to win a Stanley Cup. This is a Stanley Cup team, and you're gonna see the trade deadline come up. And you're gonna see, you're gonna see them get better. There's there's moves they can make to get better. You know, I like this team defensively, and you're gonna get, you're gonna get McNabb back. Um, soon. He should be skating uh, soon, and then Nosik, uh, who we haven't seen since the whole COVID thing a couple weeks ago, has begun to skate as well. So this team should be at full strength. Uh, my wife here is Paula. She's at the Golden Wife on Twitter. I am Jason. I'm at Vegas Fever Pod on Twitter. Check out my column coming either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, depending on when they post it for the Mountain West Wire previewing San Diego State UNLV for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We will talk next week. We got Golden Knights stuff to talk about. Four games. We'll have a couple UNLV games to talk about. Whatever else happens during the week. Um, Hope you've enjoyed the handful of people that listen. Give us some feedback and uh, stay safe. We'll talk to you guys again.